It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 25th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Jonathan Isaac back on his feet and running again. Plus, the NBA maps out their return to play, likely at Disney. And we hop in the time machine and take a look back at the 1990 NBA season, or for at least the Orlando Magic, the 1990 season. All that and more coming up in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravity Down the podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. No matter which team you're looking for, whether it's in the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, college, or NA, or, or I think I said NHL, uh, or NFL too, that's the one. Um, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Additionally, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Jonathan Isaac had an event on Friday uh, handing out pizzas and, and other goodies to, to students as he's been doing throughout the course of the, the pandemic. He has continued working with, uh, with Project Life Now as well as Jump Ministries, uh, his church, to provide service and food and meals to students and to, to children and people of need here in Central Florida. And, and, and Jonathan Isaac you know, probably would have won the Rich and Helen DeVos Community Enrichment Award. I don't know if they still gave that out without the, without the fundraiser. Um, but Isaac continues to be, as, as so many other Magic players, continues to be such a big presence in the community. But Isaac talking, Isaac being at this event and, and being made available to the media, a rare opportunity that, that a Magic player has been made available to the media during this pandemic, he was, allowed us to get an update on his progress. Isaac told the, the assembled media that he has been back in the Magic training facility pretty much every day. Obviously, there's social distancing going on there. Um, but he said for the first time in for the first time he was running on the Alter G treadmill. The Alter G tre- tre- treadmill essentially it's a it's a treadmill and they they have a, a low gravity a way to, to to like create low gravity I guess I don't exactly know the science or how it works. But essentially it allows him to run in in, in an environment where he is not running on his full body weight. And, and Isaac said this was the first time that he had been running. He said that he squatted the most that he's ever squatted uh, a, a few days ago. Um, or at least I think he said Thursday uh, in his in his interview. Um, 
And he said that he has been doing uh, doing some light court work. Obviously, he's not running or, or doing anything too strenuous. But all this is to say that Isaac has continued to make progress in his return from the lateral from the posterior lateral corner in, corner injury in his left knee that he suffered on January first. It has been a long, long road for Jonathan Isaac. The original prognosis said that he would be reevaluated in six to eight weeks. We heard from him then. He was wearing a very, very heavy brace. He was off his his crutches, and by the time that the season went on hiatus in March, the, he was traveling with the team. All very positive signs. He was taking set shots. He wasn't moving around too much, but he was back on the court and able to take some shots. And and now, obviously, um, you know, with the hiatus and with his inability to get into the Magic training facility, he's had to do workouts on his own, as, as every player has. He was kind of given a, a list of workouts and and a, and a regimen to follow on his own. Um, but being back in the Magic practice facility was is obviously a chance for the Magic to kind of examine him a little bit more closely and really get an idea of where he's at in his recovery. This is all to say that this is all good news. He is running again. He is able to do a little bit more physically. He's able to do a little bit more to add strength to his knee. And everything, at least from Isaac's account, seems to be checking out. Does that mean that Isaac will be ready to play in mid-July? Isaac would not answer that question. Um, Isaac's, Isaac's answer said, you know, if the season restarts and I'm ready to play, I'm eager to play. He's he's very he's held very much to that line that he is ready to play when he's given the okay, but he is not going to rush things. He said, if I'm not ready to play by that point, we'll pack it in and wait for next season. And that's kind of the reality that, that the Magic are facing when it comes to Jonathan Isaac. Every player right now has not gone through physical contact. Everyone is still working individually. Everyone is still you know, doing stuff very much on their own. It's still one player, one coach, one basket. And, and of course, the NBA's rules right now specify that only two, play, only two players can be on the court at opposing baskets at any one time. So for now, it, no one's really gotten the physical contact. But for Jonathan Isaac specifically, it's hard to say where he's at without knowing whether he can handle physical contact or seeing him out there getting bumped, getting t- getting touched, getting roughed up a little bit. And obviously that's not happening right now. Typically when you see players come back from extended injuries, so like, you know, months-long injuries, David Tenney, the Orlando Magic's performance coach, I think has said this publicly as well, that, you know, you have a nagging, in, you have like a sprained ankle, leaves you out a week, you don't lose very much physically. You ramp back up, you train a little bit, but you can go right in. When you hit that two, three-week mark, even two or three weeks, if you're out that long, you start to lose some of the gains that you had. You start to lose some of the elasticity in your muscles that you gain from going through, you know, through the battles every single day. And so when you have an injury that lasts that long, you you ramp the guy up slowly. You ramp someone slowly back into physical contact. So you play some three on three. You play some four on four before you get into full live scrimmaging. Isaac is obviously not at that point yet. And even if he were, no one can do that at this point. It's going to be tough to say where Isaac's at until the Magic are able to practice more in full. And we're obviously not close to that yet. We're not at that point where everyone feels comfortable and safe having physical contact. Um, we're not at that point where the season's close enough where the NBA has to kind of bite the bullet and say, everyone's done their testing, every, especially for the Magic, who, who all got tested before they entered the facility uh, for the first time at least. Um, no reports of any any positive tests uh, on that front, um, but it 
it, it, it comes down to it. The NBA is going to reach a point where they're going to have to allow physical activity, and that's when we'll understand where Isaac's really at, and that's where we'll understand where the magic feel he is really at, and and that's going to be the interesting part. I still don't anticipate Jonathan Isaac playing this season, I, even if you know the seasons. You know, we'll talk about the season coming up here in just a moment, um, but I don't see, you know, even with a mid-July start. I still see the Magic being very, very cautious with Jonathan Isaac. And I still see them deciding, you know, not that not that he's physically ready, but keeping him out just a little bit longer. And yes, allowing that injury to fully heal. Now, the risk of that is, and this is actually a risk that I feel is present with Chuma Okiki, who told, Auburn, who told Auburn's website that he was shooting jumpers before the hiatus. So he was pretty close to, to playing for the Lakeland Magic, or maybe not close to playing for the Lakeland Magic, but close to that big step where maybe he could take some physical contact and, and get back into playing full basketball. My concern would be then Jonathan Isaac will probably not have played competitive basketball in 11 months, um, you know, because the magic because the NBA season, the 2021 season is not likely to start until December, maybe a Thanksgiving start, maybe. Um, but it's probably not going to start till late December. Um, you know, we're, that, that's that's kind of where we're looking at. And so that's not even 11 months. That's that's almost a full year of Jonathan Isaac on the shelf, not playing, you know, competitive NBA basketball. So I think that there are definitely pros and cons, but ultimately the Magic are going to have to let Jonathan Isaac's body tell him where he is. And and knowing this Magic front office and knowing that they have a lot invested in Jonathan Isaac and, you know, it, it still wouldn't surprise me if they try and wrap him up to a, to an extension early here. Um, I think that the Magic will continue to be patient. Uh, and I think that they will, you know, if, if he is not ready, if, if, they, if they deem him not ready, they will sit him out and there will not be any qualms about it. I, I think that is the honest truth here. So good news though with Jonathan Isaac that he's running, good news that he is making progress and, and it's good to hear that update from him. But obviously still a long, long way to go for Jonathan Isaac and honestly still a long, long way to go for the NBA. But over the weekend as well, there was some good news from the NBA that deserves a little bit more examination. You know, as we're starting to get back out into the world and gyms are starting to open up and and we're trying to do a little bit more for physical activity. I know I I am trying to do a little bit more and, and trying to avoid the gym a little bit still, but you know I I've been trying to take care of myself a little bit during this hiatus. We all need to find the right kind of protein supplement to boost our workouts and, and to give us the kind of kind of protein back you know protein backing that that a workout needs. And that's where Built Bar comes in. They are tasty protein bars that taste like candy bars. They come in sixteen amazing flavors all covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. I know some of those protein bars can be very crunchy and not very pleasant tasting. Chocolate takes care of a lot of things. Built Bars are healthy and great for the health-conscious person. Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? 
That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. The other piece of news that came down uh, from the NBA on Saturday was the NBA, for the first time, publicly acknowledged that they are in negotiations with Walt Disney, with Walt Disney World and Walt Disney Company to restart the NBA season at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex here at Disney World in Orlando or in the Orlando area. Um, they said that they were aiming for a one-site restart to the season with games starting in mid-July. Now, this is this was not an announcement that the season is restarting. It is not an announcement of really anything other than the NBA is in negotiations to set this thing up. Um, and for the first time after m- weeks and weeks and weeks of rumors that this is the direction the NBA would go, kind of creating a campus setting or a bubble, as, as some of us have come to call it, um, and knowing that, you know, and, and Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports put a really good argument forward that, that really took hold, Disney was always viewed as, Disney seemed like it was always viewed as a legitimate option. And, and Disney uh, certainly it feels like it has the has the ability to do this. So for the first time, the NBA has acknowledged this plan and has put in motion, uh, you know, at least publicly, that this thing could very well happen. Good news for good news for NBA fans. We'll have basketball. It seems like in mid July. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things that still have to happen. We are not at a deal yet. We're not at an agreement yet, but. The fact that this went public, and not not only went public through rumors, the NBA acknowledged it in a press release, in a statement, certainly a positive trend toward the season resuming. In addition, though, Shams Tarania of The Athletic reported that a survey went out to all 30 teams, to their general manager specifically, asking their opinion on how the season should resume. The NBA has said that they would like to have a plan on how to resume the season to the teams by June 1st, so just one week from now. And this survey seemed to be a part of just kind of information gathering and understanding how teams really feel. In that survey, they suggest they had different suggestions for playoff format, whether they should have a regular season where every team that plays like five games, five or six games or so, uh, and they go to a playoffs from there as normal, or whether they should do straight to the playoffs, or whether they should do... Uh, some type of playoff plus program or some play in some type of play in tournament. Um, they asked, you know, about scrimmaging, about you know how many how many scrimmage games do they need, how many regular season games do they need to be ready for the playoffs. All this information, and yes, um, there was some reporting as well that the NBA might follow the NHL's lead on this, or maybe not the lead, but the NHL announced their their proposal as well over the weekend that they may not bring all thirty teams to the site. Teams that are too far out of the playoffs might get left home. And that's an interesting thought in the Eastern Conference, especially if you're talking about the playoffs where the Orlando Magic hold a five-and-a-half game lead over the over the Washington Wizards for the final playoff spot. So if you play a five-game regular season, the Wizards are eliminated. The Magic have clinched a playoff spot. Um, the West, obviously a much different story. By my count, there are 20 teams 
um, that would get brought to the one site if the cutoff is five games from the playoffs. So that would be four. That would be four extra teams from the Western Conference because the Magic are so far ahead. There's obviously, you know, I think at this point, this season's just going to be different. It's it's not going to be. It's going to be unlike any season that we've ever experienced. Um, and, and and that's you know I, I don't think a team should get an asterisk for it. I don't think I don't think we should consider the champion any lesser of a champion because because of how the season has ended because we didn't get to 82 games or whatnot. I mean there will always be a note in history. I'm not saying you know we always when we talk about the 99 lockout and the 2012 lockout we we do note that those were lockout shortened seasons, but. The playoffs are still the playoffs. The playoffs will still keep the same format and everything else through it. So it's it's not going to be... I, I don't think that that's the problem. But for sure, the way this season ends and what teams get out of the final games are going to matter. It's It's been reported that teams lower down the standings, now teams that are out of the playoffs, are less motivated, less inclined to go to the Disney site, or go to the site for these games. So, you know, your Cleveland Cavaliers, your Golden State Warriors, your New York Knicks, your Detroit Pistons, honestly, those those teams don't have much incentive or motivation to be there. And like I said in the Eastern Conference, let's say the plan is to play five regular season games as a warm-up and a tune-up to get to the playoffs. If it's just five games, what incentive do the Washington Wizards have to show up to? What incentive do the Charlotte Hornets or the Chicago Bulls have to show up? And this is ultimately going to be the sticking point into all of this. While I think that there is a lot to play for still for the Orlando Magic, if they do a five-game regular season and then straight to the playoffs, because Orlando is only separated by a half game with the Brooklyn Nets, and I would imagine because the Magic were supposed to play the Nets twice before the end of the season— we would get at least one Magic Nets game. And, and frankly, for TV purposes, they should schedule a Magic Nets game. If not for the final game of that season, then somewhere close to the end. We would get a Magic Nets game to determine who would win the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. That, that, that There were still big games to play. So what I'm about to argue does not negate the fact that there is that big game to play. But to me, as a Magic fan, as someone who wants the Magic to get the most out of not only the rest of this season, but the playoffs especially. I have to say, I think I favor a play-in tournament of some kind. I think that if I were the Orlando Magic, I would favor the playoff plus tournament. And essentially what this is, is is they would create a play-in tournament of some sort, whether it's a single elimination straight bracket where, you know, seven plays 10 and eight plays nine, or... Something more similar to what the NBA was proposing for its playoff bracket or for its play-in tournament where seven would play eight for the seven seed. And then the loser of that game would play the winner of nine and ten. I think that this is a way that will keep all parties happy. But for the Magic, at least, I think it is also a way to give them extra motivation and a chance to do something that they wouldn't get to do in the playoffs. The thing I've been I thought about most as I, as I looked over the proposals that that Sham Sharania presented was the most important win of the Magic season last year 
was this playoff clinching victory over the Boston Celtics. The, the penultimate game of the season, the Magic were holding on to their playoff spot. The Charlotte Hornets were charging hard and making a real push to beat them. And entering that game at Boston, I was nervous about it as a Magic fan. And I know a lot of Magic fans were nervous about it too. It felt like that game at Boston was a must-win because otherwise, that Charlotte game would become a must-win. Would be a play-in game, essentially. And the Magic's playoff hopes felt very tenuous. And I think we learned a lot about that team. And honestly, it was it, that to me was the most satisfying win of the season. More so than the Toronto win, honestly. Being down in Boston knowing the importance and stakes of that game and coming back and holding on to get that victory. And obviously, the Magic celebrated in, in the locker room. They, they apparently had a very nice dinner to celebrate in Boston uh, afterward too because they had, they had two days off before the Charlotte game on, when, on that Wednesday. That was a huge character win. And, and honestly, there were there plenty of wins that season that defined who that team was. That game against the Celtics defined who that team was as much as any other. And as Steve Clifford always likes to say, we didn't back our way into the playoffs. We played our way in. And for for that little moment, it wasn't a playoff game. It didn't have the intensity of a playoff game. It had the intensity of a playoff game, but didn't have the focus and game planning of a playoff game. But it was a playoff game. It was as close to a playoff game as the Magic had played to that point. And you could see the conference growing in them. Obviously, they finished seventh because they won that game. And they, then they won again in Charlotte. But I feel like they don't beat Toronto in game one. They don't have the confidence and the swagger to roll into Toronto and win that game if they don't clinch that playoff spot in, in Boston. And that win, you know, I, I talk a lot about how important the playoffs are for growing and developing talent. That win grew that team as much as any moment in the playoffs. The playoffs were more exposure to the intensity. Like, the Magic were new to that environment, and they got exposed for their immaturity in a lot of ways. And the roster got exposed too, but... Everyone said that 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 playoff experience was eye-opening to them. And and I think it did give them a different kind of focus for this season that's both hurt and helped them in many ways. I've I've expressed that theory here. But playing their way in that way was so valuable, was such valuable experience. And frankly, this season they won't get that. They're in. You know, let's say they play Brooklyn for the seven seed. They don't have to worry about. They don't have to worry about getting in. If they play a five-game regular season, they're in. They're clinched. They're done. The Wizards can't catch them. And so, for me, for a young team that is still trying to find itself and build a little bit of playoff experience and, and, and intensity, I would put a surefire playoff berth on the line to get put back in that environment where they have to win their way in. Because that's going to reveal as much as the playoffs will. The Magic 
aren't beating the Raptors. I, I had a podcast with with Sean Woodley of, of Lock, Locked On Raptors, and we both agreed that the Magic aren't beating the Raptors. I, I I honestly think that the way they were playing, even with the way they were playing heading into the into the hiatus, but the way the season went, the way they matched up with the Raptors, I'm I'm not confident they would get a game. I felt confident they would get a game last year. I'm not confident they get a game on Toronto the way that they're they're constructed this year. But put them in a playoff environment. Single elimination. I'm not a fan of single elimination because I do think the regular season needs to be respected. And the Magic obviously have a sizable lead on Washington. And so Washington would have to work to get in. They'd have to win twice. I'm in favor of the kind of play-in tournament plan where the Magic would play Brooklyn for a spot in the for the seventh seed. You win that, you know, that is a playoff game. A playoff game that you can win and get a reward for. Like, that's big. That's playoff pressure. That's, that's what it's all about. You're competing for something tangible. And I think the Magic need more experience and exposure to playoff games they can win. Yes, they need to get beat and, and understand how intense the regular playoffs are. But finding little ways and little victories to, to get those competitive juices flowing and feel that pressure that your season's on the line, I think that this team, especially Marco Fultz and Mo Bamba, but really this whole team needs that. And they need to be successful at it. And that's going to help this team grow because the rest of this season, obviously the, obviously the Magic are probably not winning the championship. Sure, they could get hot and, and things could get screwy in, in a neutral site, but they're not going to be Toronto 4 out of 7. I'm, I'm not confident of that. But give them a playoff intense matchup with something on the line, something to play for, something to fight for, and come out the victor at the end of it, I think that that would be very, very valuable for this young team. And that's what I want to see happen for them. Before we hop in the time machine, let's hop into the learning machine. God, th- that was that—that's a terrible transition. I—I'm I, sorry. I—you—you. I, you, you expect better puns and better jokes from me and better terrible transitions to these to these ad breaks, but here I am telling you about this useful app that you can find on your phone. It is hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more, and, and learning more helps you create better puns. It's fundamental. That, that was bad too. I'm sorry. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it, and it's not a pun. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now. Well, maybe not 
actually right now, depending on when you listen to this, but you get the gist. And it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestsellers list, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but never had the time to. Check out some of the popular books on Blinkist today, including Upheaval, Turning Points for Nations in Crisis by Jared Diamond, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, How Champions Think in Sports and in Life by Dr. Bob Rotella and Bob Cullen, and of course, Tiger Woods by Jeff Benedict. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. This week on the Locked On Podcast Network, we are hopping in the time machine to relive uh, some of the greatest moments in franchise histories across the dial. Um, go Check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network for their takes on their franchise's great, his, great history and an understanding of, of some of the best years uh, that that they have to offer, as well as uh, as well as kind of stories and anecdotes from those times. Today, we're traveling back to 1990. 1990 was a different age, both in basketball and in Orlando. Orlando was still a growing metropolis, still in the shadow of Disney, still fairly agricultural, um, but growing nonetheless and beginning to find an identity of its own. And as we mentioned last week when we discussed documentaries we'd like to see made about the magic, the idea of bringing professional sports to Orlando was a wild one. It did not seem like this city was ready for big-time sports. But businessman Jimmy Hewitt, local businessman Jimmy Hewitt, was able to convince Philadelphia 76ers general manager Pat Williams to come to the city, check it out, and give it a try. And quickly, they built their team, they got the NBA approval, and by November 1989, the Orlando Magic were playing basketball. And it, you know, I, I honestly believe this, and I'd be curious to hear what Orlando historians would have to say. Professional sports and professional basketball completely changed Orlando. The transformation began in 1989. It obviously continued in, 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 into 1995, 
And, you know, honestly, even with the threat of the team moving in 2002, that, ha- that had such a dramatic effect on the city. If, if, if Orlando loses the Magic in 2002, in the early 2000s, they probably, the city does not develop the way it has. Plain and simple. I don't think they get soccer. I, I, I think a lot of things uh, that make this city fairly attractive, you know, I, I, I don't think they exist um, without the Orlando Magic. I, I, I truly believe that. I think that the Magic changed how this city was viewed and how this view, city viewed itself and was a, a spark for a lot of the growth that we've seen, especially over the last... 10 years, and, and I think that 2009 Magic team played a big role in, in bringing a new generation of people into understanding what Orlando is and who Orlando is, as Orlando has started to find its own identity as a city outside of Disney. Um, you know, I think, And I think the Magic have played a, a small role in that part of things. I think Orlando City's taken a little bit of that, but the Orlando Magic really did transform this city. And the excitement level of having the magic in town, of having the magic, having a team to call their own was truly unbelievable. The 1990 season is largely forgettable. The Magic won just 18 games. One of their key players, their starting center, Dave Corzine, got hurt four games into the season. The Magic started the year 8-8. Eight and eight. A really strong start for an expansion team, but Quickly, the bottom dropped out, as they do for expansion teams. And so, that season should be largely forgettable other than to say it was the first season. But the thing is, that season isn't forgettable. There are so many unforgettable moments from the 1989-90 season. And the first place that Fox Sports Florida went when they started showing classic Magic games was to that season. And yes, they might have won just 18 games, and yes, they, you know, 18 games, 18 wins is the worst winning percentage in Magic history. But that is not the worst team in Magic history. It's not even close, actually. And it's actually a team that us us people who follow Magic history and, and, and remember a lot of things about that team, or don't remember a lot of things about that team, there are enough stories about that team that it does still have a place in Magic history. Obviously, there was that first preseason game against the Detroit Pistons, a game that the Magic and the crowd seemed to take seriously, but the Pistons kind of went through the motions, and until the very end, when the Pistons started to try and turn things on, but the Magic were winning that game. And they debuted a fast-breaking style. They wanted to get up and down the floor with Sam Vincent and Otis Smith and Terry Catledge and Jerry Reynolds. They were a small team. And they figured their best chance was to defend, be pest defensively, and run at every opportunity. And they had their number of upsets. There was beating Patrick Ewing and the New York Knicks in their second game. There was the 27-point comeback, the largest comeback in Magic history in early and late November, I believe, in Cleveland. Very good Cleveland team at the time. There was defeating Michael Jordan on Otis Smith's layup, as, as Jordan, I think, had 45 in his first game in Orlando. There was beating the Lakers shortly thereafter on a similar tight game. 
There was the infamous number 12 game with the Bulls that the Magic won as well. It was actually like their only win in December. It's like their, their one win in like 12 games. That Magic team did not have a lot of talent. They had Reggie Theus, who was good but not great at the time. It was near the end of his career. They had Terry Catledge and Jerry Reynolds, who, you know, Terry Catledge could score a little bit. He ended up leading the team in scoring and is, is frankly underrated in Magic history for what he provided. He was with the team for three years. Jerry Reynolds was a solid player for an undersized center. Nick Anderson was a rookie and showed some flashes. Otis Smith was a pretty darn good player in his own right before the, the injury took him away, but this was an undersized, scrappy Magic team that knew how to get after it, and you know, if you took them too lightly, they would get you. Or as the song would say, watch out and beware. They're going to get you. But that Magic team just... They could have lost every game, to be honest. The city of Orlando and the fans were the story. Uh, I remember when I was watching the Magic Classic game between the Magic and Knicks, the Magic's first ever win, the second game of the season at the Orlando Arena. And Jack Givens, who was the Magic's color commentator at the time, said he had dinner with Sam Bowie, who was with the New Jersey Nets, a former Kentucky Wild, fellow Kentucky Wildcat. And Bowie said... The Orlando Arena was the loudest building that he had been in in the NBA, or one of the loudest buildings he'd been in in the NBA. Already, the Magic had established a strong home court advantage, and already, Orlando was in love with its team. And they really were. They they fell head over heels for their team. And they were loud from the start, and the Orlando Arena certainly helped trapping noise in. Again, it didn't matter that they won just 18 games. Orlando had something they could call their own. And while that team didn't win very many games, they were extremely memorable. They were our own. They were fun. And it was the seed seeds of a love affair that, you know, has waxed and waned at times with, with the Orlando Magic and with the city of Orlando. But the Magic have always been Orlando's. And when the Magic are at their best, when the Magic are good, not, not even at their best. I mean, certainly I think it's healthier now than it was in the 2000s when fans got a little disillusioned with some of the losing and, and some of the, you know, uh, and coming down off of the Shaq high and the mistakes that were made and losing that generational talent. This city has always loved its Magic. And it started with that very first team in 1990. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. I want to thank uh, you. can find us, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himbley, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_md. underscore MD. Find the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. So I'll subscribe to the podcast, uh, again, where I told you there earlier. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. We also have a Facebook page as well. Be sure to check out the latest episode of the Hollinger and Duncan NBA show on the latest episode uh, Hollinger and Duncan project the top five free agents at every position, including potential suitors, and how much guaranteed money we project each player to get. Check that podcast out. I'm sure they discuss Evan Fournier's free agency potentially a little bit, although I think at this point we expect everyone who has a player option to opt into the final year of their deal. But we'll we'll see about that. You can check that podcast out, podcast out Hollinger and Duncan NBA show, wherever you download podcasts. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Wright. If you have the day off on Monday, enjoy your day off. Celebrate or 
Remember Memorial Day however you choose to. Have a good one. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.